When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. Your local, the everything you need to be unstoppable store. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. The UPS store locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours may vary. See center for details. You know, we, we definitely would love to be in the studio with this gentleman right here. You know, he's been out in the streets, day one homegrown homie, AR extraordinary. We got Push a Rod hanging out with us today, man. What's going on, big dog? What it do, bro? I'm a, I'm a dap y'all up from over yeah, here. Man, you, you know, know, boom, you know boom. if I was in the room, you know we'd be doing it. But yeah, we right here on Zoom, man. I'm good, man. You know, trying to make the best out of 2021. So we were kind of talking about it off air, just to kind of like the, the grievances of uh, the pandemic and, and really wanting to be back in the office, be back in the studios. For you, how, how has, you know, the early days of the pandemic treated you? Did it, did it turn up the hustle or did it kind of slow things down uh, business-wise on, on your end? I mean, as far as the hustle, like it's a lot of things that I had to restructure and rebrand and refigure out how to work. Like I had just opened up a store right at the beginning of COVID called Cycle. And yeah, it was like, I opened in January and COVID hit in March. So you feel me? I fixed the place up for like five, six months. It just opened when COVID hit. So that was like a definite stopper. Um, I have a sprinter company um, where artists usually rent my sprinters to go on tours and stuff like that. That came to a complete stop, you know, so it's just like, all right, cool. These ventures aren't making money right now. Let me figure out how to make money elsewhere and stuff like that outside the music. But other than that, it's like the Zoom calls. It's, it's, it's a different it's a different way of life. Like I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm particularly happy with it, but, you know, I'll make the best out of it while I have to make the best out of it. But. It's definitely, it's definitely different. Like it definitely takes the feel out of a lot of things, you know, hearing records over Zoom, talking to producers over Zoom, trying to make beats over Zoom. It's like, it's that energy, that feeling that you get when you're in the room with somebody. Like even like this interview right now, I'm sure if I was there with y'all, we'd probably take some shots together, laughing, you know, but we on here. Right. So it's just making the best out of it with the time. Hey, do you think, well, first of all, um, I want I want for people that don't know who you are. I want people to kind of get an introduction, an introduction to who you are, um, as far as like your background, what you do. Just kind of just brief. You don't got to give them the whole resume because we be here all day. But you know, <laughs> just give them a little a little brief introduction as to who Pusha Rod is. Um, shit, I'm Pusha Rod. I'm from Los Angeles, California. Uh, 29 years old. Uh, I started with Mustard and YG and the Pushers movement and Ty also. Um, from there, uh, I went to Interscope. I was at Interscope the past six years. Um, and now I have my own independent company, Creative Push, just signed my first artist, Tay Two Time from Indianapolis and working close to YG on the music and just... Um, yeah, I'm all around hustler. Like, if you're from LA, you know me. You done seen me. You done probably we done probably did some business together. And if you outside of LA, you probably didn't heard my name just in conversation. I want to tell you something that I never told you before. Yeah. So when you when when I think I don't remember what year was that that you first started working at Interscope. Um, I want to say that was two thousand like two thousand thirteen. About 2013, yeah. So like 2013, 2000, yeah, it was about 2013. So right around that time when you first started working at Interscope, bro, I was so jealous of you. Like, 
<laughs> that shit, I, I'm telling you the truth. I never, I never told you this before. But why though? Because I wanted a job. <laughs> I was like, cause, cause, cause the thing is like, when y'all came in, y'all came in, y'all one generation like behind what we was doing, right? So right. when y'all came in, y'all came in swinging, making noise, turning up, like y'all was doing, it was just a push, it pushes ink was running everything, right? And then, uh, and then obviously Ty and, and, and YG and Mustard all blew up and y'all became a, a real player in the music industry. So when you got that job, I'm like, man, I've been working for years trying to get it. And he just came in and got this motherfucking job. I was so, I wasn't mad, but I was definitely envious of you when that shit happened. I just wanted to tell you that. I never told you this before. I mean, we talk all the time. <laughs> nah, it's all good, bro. You know, it was just, yeah, we came in, we came in like, Definitely, like, we learned a lot from everything, like, y'all did before us, like, and it was just, like, understand everything and figure out conversations, and a lot, one thing I always remembered, like, it's not about what you know, it's who you know, and it's, like, just when you meet people, taking the time out to connect with people, because the person who hired me at Interscope, he had just came to Interscope, but he, Joey I.E. was at Dev Jam prior when YG was working on My Crazy Life. So he kind of saw the ins and outs of me working with YG and how I moved early on before going to Interscope and moving to L.A. So him coming here and coming and working at Interscope, you know, just it was who I knew at the time. Like, and I appreciate Joey for giving me that opportunity, you know, like, yeah. When you, when you first got the job at Interscope, was it? I mean, obviously you were, you came in as an a r but I mean, people from LA know you was doing whatever, like you just all around hustler, right? So when you came in, did you fully understand what it was gonna, what the job entail, and like what the job entailed? No. Okay. I, I think, hey, thank you for being <laughs> honest. Cause a lot of people right. are like, yeah, it was nothing. Right. Like, like, no, the first, like my first whole first year, it, it was like, a definite, it was a growing experience for me. Like other than working with YG and Mustard and being YG's tour manager and Mustard day to day, I've never had a real job. I've never been in corporate America. I've never sat in a room with people and have had to really break down things and make them understand culture a different way. Like, and it, at first I used to be mad, like, yo, how could people not understand this or not get this, but then after a while, you got once you get to know people, like we're from two totally different backgrounds, two totally different atmospheres, two totally different cultures. And it's like a lot of times people at the label, they're trying, they're not trying to really give their opinion on the culture, but they're trying to help you build what you're doing. And a lot of times artists don't really know what they want to do. So then it's people throwing ideas at them. And, you know, like at the end of the day, they get paid to throw ideas. So they'll throw a million ideas to see which one sticks. But it's like finding the right one that's for this artist. And it's like making people understand like why this wouldn't work for this artist just because it worked for the next. Mm-hmm. Talk about that adjustment, man, going in and obviously building your own buzz and, and the branding with pushes and then that then going to the building at Interscope, you know, like you said, you talk about it's two different worlds. So kind of talk yeah. about some 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 incidents that may have happened when you realize like, oh, they just don't get it. Oh, they don't understand. Like it's it's completely different and, and navigating them through the conversations of helping them understand the streets and the culture. I mean, cause me personally, I come from the artist first background. Like my best friends are artists. Like the people I came in the industry with are artists. So I understand the things that they went through, the things that they were going through, the things that they didn't like, the things that they want to change in their situation. So it's like me being an A&R, like that's what I'm going to push first. But a lot of times these people go to work. I mean, they go to college to become a and They're not from the culture or, you know, they are related to this person or this or this or the reason why they got there. And it's like, really trying to teach them that understanding when it's like, they don't know it. They don't know why artists don't like this. It's like, if they got a budget and they got this, why aren't they happy? Because it's about their vision. It's about their artistry and me coming from that background and being around artists. I know it's about pushing the artist's vision first because a lot of times records grow huge and you don't know who the artist is. And then now the artist is paying catch up to their record when it, at the same time, like as that artist record grow, that artist should be growing and their identity should be growing. And it's like trying to make 
people at label understand that because all they're thinking about is the consumptions and the record. Mm-hmm. Not so much about the artist brand. When you when you you said that that first year was a big adjustment for you when you got that job because you didn't know what do you think what what's something that you fucked up on whether it be like it could be like you know sending the email to the entire company that didn't <laughs> oh, I got I got to hit BCC yeah I got to hit BCC oh, yeah. and I <laughs> but like what's Wait, something I'm gonna keep what's a mistake that you've made in like that everyone <laughs> all everyone of I fucked up on emails I fucked up on calls. <laughs> I didn't I fucked up in meetings, you know, like I'm a very vocal person. So I'm always speak out, you know, and I feel like that's why I got to where I am in life because I've never bit my tongue. If I believe in something or if I see something as a fit, I'm going to get my opinion. And a lot of times, you know, if it's not your artist or project you're working on, your opinion could, you know, have somebody else a little mad, but it's like, I never really think about that. I think about the artist and the artist branding first. So it's like that relationship uh, is it's heavy. I mean, it's like people have meetings with artists or pull artists to the label who they trying to meet and stuff like that. And then the artists come hang out in my office after they met. Like it's just it's a different dynamic. Like like I have friends in the industry. I have friends who are A and R's, but. That's as I became an AR. Like all my friends are rappers. Like you gonna see me hanging with YG or Rocky or Cardi or you know Joe Moses before you see me hanging with this person or that person. And not saying it's nothing wrong with that, but this is that's the background I come from. That's where my comfortability is. Like even right now, like we having this meeting, I'm sitting in the studio. Yeah. When you when um I want to how do I phrase it? Okay, so when you when you talk about like, I always hear people talk about the industry, right? And people t- have a lot of negative views on the industry as far as like the labels, right? It's always blame the label, the label fucked me over, all that kind of shit, right? What is the best thing? This is for artists that's listening to this, right? Or it's gonna hear this on the air or whatever. What's the best thing and the worst thing about signing to a major label? The best thing is if you understand yourself and your brand and who you're trying to target, the label can help you get there. But if you sign to a label thinking that all your dreams are going to come true and they're going to do everything for you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> like I see artists like do so much and then get signed and kick their feet up. And it's like, no, this is when you got to go harder. Like yeah. to me, it's like getting signed to a major label, like joining the NBA or NFL. It's like, like, don't get me wrong, when you're in college, like, you balling out, you get the girls, all this kind of stuff, but you're not getting the check. You know, you're doing it for the love. But once you get to the point to get the check, it's like, now you want that next check, right? You want that big check. Because when you first get in the NBA, you, you get a check, but it ain't the, you know? It ain't, it ain't that one. Yeah, you yeah. want to get to that check, and it's just like, so the same thing go for artists. Like, I feel like once you, once you get signed to a major label is when you really need to kick everything in higher gear go harder and just understand your branding though. Cause if you understand the people you trying to target, the type of music you try to make, like the label's gonna be your best friend. Cause they're not gonna stop you. They're gonna invest in it. But if you don't know, it's like, well shit, let me know when you figure it out. Cause I have 20 other artists who get it. And you feel like that's the, what, that's the worst part about signing to a, a label. Yeah. I mean, cause at the end of the day, I've been at a label for six years. Six, I was at Interscope for six and a half years. And one thing I knew is learned that if you have a plan and your team has a plan, the label's just going to build it up and make it bigger. Have you, you, go ahead, go ahead. But if you don't, it's like, okay, you just want to drop music. It's like, okay, can't they can't do nothing about that. Like, it's so many artists, like, that get signed every day. And it's like, cool, but what's the plan? Mm-hmm. Like, planning is everything. Have you ever uh, come across an artist that you had maybe a line on that you wanted to sign and you regret not signing them? <laughs> Go ahead, give me, listen, give me a couple, give me one. Um, Roddy, that's my wow. dog. Like you know, me and Roddy, we cool. Me and Bird, we still cool. We talk all the time. I was just with him last week, but yeah, like it just didn't. I it just didn't happen. But I'm happy that his situation happened the way it happened. Like. That's yeah. the homie. Like, I tell every artist that come through my 
office. Like, if I sign you or don't, like, I didn't call you in here just to treat you like another number. Like, I still want to be cool with you. I'm still going to be your friend. I still want to see you grow and succeed. Like, I don't believe in signing artists just because they got a hit record or they, they hot right now. Like, I sign artists who believe in themselves and have longevity and understand because, like, I, I came from that. Like, YG is an artist, like, he had a plan and he stuck to a plan with him, with 400, with branding, like, and that's why all his stuff has been successful for 10 plus years. And it's like, I'm looking for artists who understand that, not just people who want fame, yeah. because fame is t- for 10 seconds. Now, can, can you kind of dive into that? Because a lot of times people hear that and they may, they may not understand well, what may not be good right now for the moment it might end up being a better situation for him down the line. So was there a particular reason why the situation didn't work? Was it something on your end, something on their end? Was just like, okay, just didn't make sense to make this deal happen at that point in time? Or is it just kind of like fake? With the uh, Roddy situation? Roddy. I mean, I like, you know, it just like, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll leave it at that. I, I don't I don't really believe in throwing nobody. No, I got it. I got no, it. No, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, we not, not, not yet. Um, what about what about a situation that you like? Okay, like you ever been in a situation? Because I know I know a couple of A and R's, right? And they had a they had a beat or a song that was already done, right? I remember um, French Montana French Montana telling the story about the Sway Lee song, uh, Unforgettable. And so many people have passed on that record. Have you ever come across a record that you that you may have had a line on, and you and you didn't didn't work and now you regretted it? Uh, yeah, I mean, this <laughs> thing like, this, and I really believe this with records and like I'm, and again like me becoming an A and R, I didn't grow up like yo, I'm gonna be an A and R like yeah like. I used to sit in the studio YG and Mustard in the background not saying shit. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I was the most vocal person in the room. Like, I sit in the room and soaked up knowledge and soaked up understanding and how they created and made music together. But it's also, like, I also watch YG pass on, like, crazy beats. And it's like, yeah, I watch YG tell Mustard to send Rack City to Tiger. And Mustard, like, you, you sure? I watch YG pass up on. Wow. I watch YG pass up on RIP. Like, but it's like just because this record is the right record for this person, don't mean it's the right record for this person. Like, wow. and I really believe I, I believe that just because a record don't make you. And a lot of times artists think like I need a hit, a hit, a hit record's gonna make me. But if you get a hit record too early and you have no foundation, that hit record's gonna destroy you because that record's gonna do this, and you're still gonna be here. Mm-hmm. Like still trying to build a name, still trying to build a buzz, trying to catch up to a record or trying to recreate a record. And you forget what your sound is, what your goal is. What did you come in this music for? Because you're trying to chase a record. Like I don't like any artists I work with, any artists I've had conversations with, try to sign. Like I tell them, like, I'm not in it to for a hit record. Like I'm really in it for artists to have to make a statement and get and like really get something off their chest because hit records come and go, but like timeless music is music that can connect to me, connect to you, connect to everybody watching the Zoom call. And those are the records that I'm trying to create with artists because you can create that type of music, you'll live on forever. It's the reason why people are still sampling records that were done in 1930, 1940. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's timeless music, it's real music. Like, and if you can create that, you'll live on forever. You know, that's what of, I want to do with artists. Speaking of timeless music, I feel like well, we know for a fact now it's already been what seven, eight years since since my crazy life, right? My crazy life, and and we already know the impact that had in the streets with it with it meant to LA. But people are still feeling the impact of that album to this day. Talk about the creation of that. You know what what was the thought process behind it, and did you guys know at that moment when you were making it it was going to be and stand to the test of time today? I mean. In the making of my crazy life, it was just like, all right, like YG believed, like you know, he, he had to keep building, keep building up his brand to his right to put out an album, like you know, like uh, just read up was an album to me, but you know that was a mixtape. Just read up two was an album to me, but it was a mixtape. So when he got to my crazy life, he was like, yeah, I got to do that times ten, but I also 
can't just make those fun records. Like I really have to tell my story and really dive into me as a person. Like, cause the same shit I've been through, somebody else, niggas in the streets been through. And then like, at that time we were watching old movies. We were really listening to albums, like real albums, like that had messages in them. And it's like, okay, like not take from that, but how do you learn from that without recreating that, but making something similar? Because at the end of the day, like in the 90s, like you had to have fire ass music to cut through. Period. Like if it wasn't fire, like nigga, you weren't cutting through. Like, and so like, all right, we have to do that. And that was that was the goal, just trying to make timeless music. Like every record needs like not be like every record needs to slap. Everything needs to be hard, but every record needs to tell you about me. And understanding me, and that was the. That's how we came with my. Why how YG came with my crazy life because life was crazy. And he was talking about everything that he actually been through, not just making records. Hey, you got a light? You it's getting dark over there. Oh yeah, my bad. You know, he's. I'm. 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 I'm up in these canyons, man. You know. You Sorry it's about good. that. It's all good. Um, hey, when- my shit shiny as fuck right now. The, the, hey, matter of fact, speaking of which, I'm glad. Who got the head tattoos first? Was it you? Tat- or YG? Uh, wh- wh- um, YG. So he got the. Because I remember when YG had had a regular haircut, mm-hmm. right? And then I think it was Fader. He did the Fader cover or something like that, right? And mm-hmm. and it was just the. Uh, I was like, what the fuck is that? They was like, that's his head. I was like, that's his head. <laughs> like the Virgin Mary on the top. Yeah, he had the whole tattoo right here, yeah. and then so you he got he got his first, or how did that work? Um, well, YG had YG had like his back and shit at first, um, and then I think like I had I had a fade at first, and I just used to have my mom's face on the back, and then yeah, I just kept going, you know. You know, I, I lost it, so like, fuck it, let me experiment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be real with you, you know? So, yeah, like, I, I did my mom again, and then it was like, my grandma's birthday came up, and my granny, she helped raise me, that's my ride or die, so I got her right here. You know, and I got my mom in the back, and I got a bird on the side for all my homies, rest in peace, you feel me? Like, but yeah, YG, YG had, he, I had my, Sides and everything before he got the top, but he's he's had the back and everything for like probably since we were like 18, 17. I want to I want to ask you about this though. You talked about being being at Interscope for six years. When when did you know at that at that was that moment you realized like okay I I got to switch it up. It's time for me to, to go in a different direction. Um, what was that moment and and, and what were the conversations you were having with yourself prior to that transition? I mean, the transition really came along just trying to better myself, like, and trying to just trying to be more because at some point, you know, it's like if you feel too comfortable in a situation, there is no growth. Mm. Like, so it's like you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow more. And, you know, during um, quarantine, you know, you find out a lot more things, you know, you switch attorneys, you you get, you soak, I have more time to soak up more game and have more understanding and just trying to be a better me and a better A&R and in a better place for artists, you need, you know, it has to be leveled up. So it's like, that's why I'm trying to be like, cause I feel like it's a lot of dope A&Rs out here, but they don't get that right credit or that right shine. Like, it's cool that artists talk about us here and there, but it's like, it's really no platform for us. Like, back in the day, like, nigga, did he say some shit was hot? It was hot. That's it. No questions. Yeah. Like, how do how do we push that envelope and get back to that forefront? Like, because right now, like, cosign is like, cool, yeah, you be around the right artist. It's a given. Bananas like cool. Like if you're around the right end, like because I'm not about to sign nobody whack, nothing I don't believe in, nothing I don't want to see through. So anything I sign, I'm gonna bring around you, I'm gonna bring around the next homie, I'm bring around the next homie, like and make sure that they can hold their weight. And it's like being in that position as an AR and being in that position as a label owner, like to help push the culture even more and not just 
sit behind the desk. Do you think that <laughs> I always always hear that the art of being an A&R is lost? Do you do you ever is that a thing that you ever feel like, man, these these motherfuckers ain't doing it right? Because I, I know I feel like that in my in my field. I mean, you know, it. It is, but it ain't because there's a lot of power players. There's a lot of people like look at Dallas, look at Sycamore, look at Bearline, look at Dash. Like the album, like Dash just put together the album for um, Jediah the Black Messiah. Did I say it right? Judas and the yeah, Judas, Judas the Black Messiah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like me and Dash started together. Interscope, you know, he took his chapter to RCA, and it's like, but this album. It's not just an album, it's a statement piece going along with a movie that's a statement piece. Like so like, yeah. He he put that they put that together. Like that needs to be they need to get their roses for that. Yeah. Like it's not just about the music, it's about the person who behind that put that together, got these artists together. You don't because people don't realize how many calls we take, how many how many time you gotta talk to an artist get them off the cliff how many times you gotta <laughs> fight with the artist to get this record on the project because like some of the artists best records they always say they hate yeah but who is the person who forced them to put that record that they hate on the album mm -hmm. they always just say yeah you know i hated this record but you know i appreciate y'all for loving it but it's somebody behind like nah bro you gotta put this it's the reason why and it's like if nobody else ain't gonna step up, I'ma step up and be that guy and be the face for the, the community. Like we're here, like, and our voices need to be heard. Like, cause at the end of the day, we in the studio every day, every night with all you, these artists. You know what I always respected about you too? Um, now that I'm thinking about it, is every time we've ever been in the studio and I'm in there telling somebody that ain't it or whatever, whatever my opinion is, like you always just Hey, that's his opinion. Like, you got to take that. You got to. You got to respect it. Yeah. If you call anybody in the room and you ask them a question, respect whatever answer they give you. And it's not, you know, like, and if they're telling you they don't fuck with something, that's them fucking with you even more because it's easy to lie. It's easy to be like, ooh, it's the one. Yeah. And get out the room and pick up your phone. Hey, bro, I don't, I'm so mad I came to this session. This nigga got some bullshit. I'm going to be the homie to tell you, hey, bro. This ain't it. Let's go back to the drawing board. I'm gonna help you though. Yeah. I'm not, I'm never gonna just turn somebody's music down or turn somebody's project down. Like, what's the solution? Like, because with everything, there's a solution. And like, but when you come in the studio, that's how you give it. Like, and it's like, you got to the place you got to by being honest and giving your opinion and being really tapped in and in the culture and in music. So it's like, nigga, if I'm gonna trust this restaurant because it got an A grading and somebody I don't know. Think I'm not gonna trust head of people? You're crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but it's how people think about everything. Like, I respect everybody's opinion across the board if I ask them. No, I respect that. Um, I want to talk about your 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 business ventures, right? Because you you just ran off a couple of things. You said you got a sprinter service. And was like I knew about the shop that right. you was opening. Um I knew about the shop and I'll see you updating. I'll see you like you would be uh, posting about it. Like, okay, we got the doors up. We got the windows going in. Like we got, you was getting custom made shit. And then yeah. boom. Nah, the shop, it was crazy. Like, and I got a lot of support. And I, even from like, like David Sebastian, like that's my dog. Like, yeah, we just, people, we just talked to Dave. He's crazy. <laughs> if people know about his art pieces, like he charged red for art like and bro came like i got my shop like and i called him i'm like bro i got it look bro i need you nigga he just said all right just get the get the paint wow i got some bread for you he said no get wow. the paint if i wanted bread i would ask you for bread you my homie i respect what you're doing so let me add to it solid and it's like that's what culture is about like that like that's what you're supposed to do like if I fuck with you and I got something, like, I'm going to give it to you. Like, and that's how, like, you're really supposed to grow. That's how we're going to rebrand us as a culture. Like, it's like, because at the end of the day, like, money was invented. Before money, how did people do shit? It's all about barter and belief. If you ain't got, like, everybody ain't got the money I got. And I ain't got the money everybody else got. But I got an incredible mind. You feel me? And 
it's so many other people out here who got incredible mind. It's like you put your minds to use the power together. Y'all can make more money together in the long run. I also want to dive into some of your your signees. Um, we don't have to talk all the way about it, but I remember you bringing Dreezy to me. I remember you uh, you introduced me to Dreezy. I remember uh, was it Aaron Ray? Mm-hmm. Um, damn, it was like one more person. I don't, I can't think of right now. Who, who am I? Money bag yo. Money bag yo. And um, it's think- crazy. Like I I signed Rich the Kid to Interscope at the beginning. Rich the Kid. And, you know I don't. I never asked. I worked with him at the beginning process, but you know I. I never officially worked with him, but I brought Rich the Kid to Interscope alongside with my brother Manny Smith. Like, you know, that's like, yeah, that's when Rich used to be the homie. Got you. All right, <laughs> we don't leave that alone. Uh, but so, I mean, real quick, do, are y'all y'all don't talk at all? Y'all ain't you? You're not having a conversation, or who? You say Rich. I mean, I wish him. You know, I wish everybody the best in everything they do. But as far as like, I'm saying, are you open to having a conversation? Like, are you open to talking to him? Oh, I mean, shit, you know. At the end of the day, like, really, it's real, you know. And I'll leave that at that. I feel you. Okay. But Grams, that's he a real nigga. He be rich. That's a real nigga. Uh, get Jay Critch straight. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that? Um, like within the like within the within the confines of the music industry, right? Do you think? Because I obviously you say you mustard YG. I saw the whole shit. Like we all like you saw our whole shit. I saw your whole shit, right? So right. you like, and a lot of people always well, me and him especially. People like you know, how do you do business with your friends? Like how are you? How are you able to keep a relationship with your friends? And then obviously, what you just talked about with Rich, with the Rich situation, what do you think has been able to sustain you and YG's relationship, you and Mustard's relationship, you and Ty's relationship, even throughout the arguments, the fights, you know? The oh yeah, I, I mean I, we all talking. have we all have ups and downs. Like everybody, everybody go time without talking to people and everything for a while. Like that's part of life. But I mean, I feel like damn. React the question. Right. I'm just saying, what do you think keeps, what do you think is the driving force that keeps the friendship intact while doing business? Because you, you can get into an argument over records and it, and it you know, you know, I don't think that's just that's Brutal session. honesty. Brutal honesty. Because when you, when you really, when you really know, like, people have your best interests, like, because, like, bro, nigga, if I don't have to be involved in a deal, why you just signed a deal for a nigga? A hundred thousand to a nigga, two million nigga. I'm happy like I just signed a deal. Right. Mustard signed a new. I'm happy like you know like you have to be happy for your friends and your peers like not envious like. And it's like if everybody move like that and people know people move like that like it's that's that's it's it's one hundred like I don't know like like I came from the streets like I didn't come from picket fence and this and that so like. One thing I learned early was like loyalty and friendship, like, and I value that at the top, like, you know, because things come and go. People come, like, people new people come and go. Somebody gonna fuck with you when you hot, and they not gonna answer your phone when you cold. Who the people who who answered the phone when you didn't have it? Yeah. Who the people who you had to figure it out together? Cause nigga, we had to figure it out together. Like, so like, like. You can't never lose sight of that. And then like shit, we homies, we family, fuck homies. Yeah. No, I appreciate that too. And I also saw uh, when you was on No Jumper and you gave us props, you know, I appreciated that too. Bro, like, like at the end of the day, like this right here, this our city. Like everybody who did something, who doing something, deserve their flowers. Nothing, nobody should go ungifted. Like, and I feel like in the industry, we lose sight of that. Like, we only think about people right when they hot. Like, but you not, you gotta, you gotta lose sight of that. You gotta fuck with people and fuck with what they did. Because like, if you didn't do what you did, I probably wouldn't have got to the place I'm at. And if I'm not doing what I'm doing, the next person, like, yeah. I think I'm like one of the youngest ANRs ever hired at Interscope, like, at 21, like, I hope that the next young nigga from LA is 19 when he get hired. Like, like, 
You feel me? And I'm going to give him all my gems early. If I see a young nigga, like, bro, I got a young homie, Tuck. He got Mac and Coke. He got Gucci. Uh, yep, like, bro, I can give Tuck all the game. I, like, whatever he called me, he asked me something, and it's vice versa. I get game from Tuck, too, because this shit that they doing that I'm not doing. And it's like, you know, they're a younger generation. I'm getting older. Like, I got to tap in with them. They tap in with me. But it's like, you keep funneling knowledge like that, like, and everybody wins. I think it's important that you say that, because I think for the longest time, that there was this idea, this notion that, oh, you got to be king. You got to be the big dog. And, and I think a lot of that, I feel like we, starting with us, we've done a good job. And I feel like your generation's done a good job, and even with the young homies too, as far as communicating, talking, and and really passing that information along, and not having that ego that's attached to it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Facts, facts. Like, bro, I, I just believe like I'm from these streets. Like, like everything I learn, I got to give back to these, give it back to these streets to help the next person get out of them. Because yeah. it's like the position I was in at 17, 18. I don't, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But it's like if I can find somebody at 17, 18 and help them and just maybe tell them something or like, bro, you got a homie that's an artist, hang with them. Be honest with them. That can land you where I'm at. That don't take nothing from me. I didn't have to go in my pocket. I didn't have to go to my bank. Like I didn't have to hide. Like it's just like, bro, that's your people. Be honest with your people. Don't just sit in the studio. They say some shit bang. Yes, no. But if you say no, why? Cause the moment I said no, nigga said why? I was like, I don't know. It didn't matter. When the nigga asked me again, now I'm I, I think I know what I'm trying to say, and I say it, and they fuck with it. Oh, all right. Now the next time I'm more confident in my answer. Nah, I don't fuck with that, bro. I feel like when you did this song, you was whoopty whoopty, you whoop whoop. Oh, that's what AR is? Oh yeah, I can do this all day. All right. Well, all right. What's your uh real quick, what's your favorite and least favorite YG album? Favorite, My Crazy Life. Easy. That's easy. Easy call. And least favorite. Red Friday. Red Friday. That's fair. I fuck with that. What you want to say? No, I was just going to say, there's a lot of people that's probably watching that that's trying to get, I mean, we, we run into a lot of emerging artists, a lot of emerging talent, a lot of emerging DJs and people that are just trying to get their foot up and in coming the door. A&Rs. Yeah, up and coming A&Rs. People just trying to get their foot in the door. You know, what's some advice that you would tell them that you would have told yourself or wish that you would have known at 16, 17, when you were, you know, just hanging in the studio trying to figure it out? Stay a bully. Like, and when I say stay a bully, like, I don't mean like, I don't mean like, attacking people i mean like as far as far as your business like like put put every foot for never give up never never sit back never lack off like you gotta stay on the gas so you gotta bully yourself like that's what i believe in like i feel like so many people get to to the next level and think like oh yeah and start to sit back but it's like nah that next level you gotta crank up more because nigga it's the hundred thousand other niggas who are at that next level. But what's gonna make you like it's just like bro, look how Pooh Shicey just had an incredible year. Mm-hmm. He ain't stopping. Mm-hmm. Little baby, he just posted the other day, like shit, should I should I chill or should I keep going? Like, <laughs> keep going. It ain't it's no like you feel me? Like, and I know that was just like a teaser to fuck with the fans, but like that's like, bro, never stop. Keep going, keep your foot on it, like. Like, and understand, like, when you get, understand, like, no question is the wrong question. Because mm-hmm. at one point, at one point in time, like, I used to be nervous, like, and I was in that first year of being at the label, like, I used to be nervous of asking, oh, what do this mean? Or how did this go? And go try to find out on my own. And it's like, damn, I should have just asked that person. And then yeah, it's like, right there. you know? Yeah. But it's like, you have to have that in you. And it's like, shit, I can do it on the street. Why I can't do it in this office? And my homie quit, rest in peace. Like, that was like some gems he used to always tell me. Like, nigga, how you be on these niggas? You got to be on them the same way. And, you know, and then, like, middle of year two is 
really like that was like when we got the uh when body went platinum it's like oh yeah i'm at i got my first plaque outside of everything i've been doing bro oh, i'm really in this now like let me yeah what's up i'm here yeah <laughs> and then like from there it's like joining more in the conversation with my chest out like chin up chest out every every time like yeah what's some what a couple of up-and-coming artists that are that got your attention right now take two times out of indianapolis um how'd you find them yo it's crazy um so he was out here in la just moving around and he was fucking around and he was just posted and the homie heard some of his music and like bro we fire like nigga what are you doing and brought him to me we had a meeting I told him like what I was trying to do. And then he went back to Indiana, thought about it. Then in the summer we were working on YG's album. Um, I flew him back out to LA. Like, let's just do some music, let's vibe. Let's see if before I sign you or anything like that, let's let's try it out. Like, cause I've managed artists before, like I've worked with uh, management companies, I worked at late, but I've never had my own artist. So like this is a big step for me. So let me make sure. I'm making the right decision. Like, let me not just sign because I like two songs. Right. I gotta build with you, I gotta hang with you. You know, Make I got weirdo. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of these niggas be weirdo. <laughs> you know, so yeah, and it was over the summer, we were just building, and I was flying to LA for a week, flying back home, flying back, and it was like, but every time he came, he wasn't missing. Mm. He was in the studio, he wasn't missing, and other artists, like, he got featured with artists he shouldn't have featured with. And that's just cause they were vibing, they in the studio and it wasn't just like, oh, an artist like his record and like, they swapping records. Like, and it's like, some of the artists he got featured with, it doesn't make sense cause he, where he's at right now. Some of those records will not come out anytime soon just because I really believe in building a foundation and making sure that he has something to stand on versus just putting out a record for some fame. Um, but yeah, and it's just like as I got to know bro more, like yeah, we started looking at him like a little brother, like, oh yeah, this is a good situation because I fuck with you as an artist, I fuck with your music, I fuck with you as a person. So all right, let's figure it out. Figure out the legal situation. And yeah, that's how 2021 been started. Go ahead. Give me give me a couple more that you that you that got your attention. You know, I I I'm I'm fucking with I'm fucking with a few I'm fucking with a few people, man. I'm fucking with this group. They don't have this group not that moment they hear that. It's this group out of Atlanta. It's called Shady Babies. I'm fucking with them. Like I'm fucking with the energy that they have right now. Um they fuck with Gunna. Like I'm I'm really fucking with their music. Um yeah, and I just really want to see where it go. Um, it's this dude um, named Rico Cartel. Um, he got this song called I Like. I've been banging that. Uh, I, I want to say he's from Florida. Okay. I want to say he's from Florida. Okay. He's sure. um, uh OG Bobby Billions from Texas. Um, he fired like. It shit sound like nigga some trap shit mixed with some church shit. Uh, it's crazy. Like he his the last record Mo Three did before he died was hopping on his record Rest in Peace Mo Three. And it's crazy. Like I was in the middle of signing Mo Three, like figuring out the negotiation and signing Mo Three when he passed. Like and that shit was crazy. Like that's crazy. Yeah, like I, I fuck with I fuck with real artists and street artists. Like cause that's where I come from. Like if I can't if I don't have nothing to really build off with you. It's like I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not just gonna sign you. Like I told you, bro. I'm not. I'm never signing nobody off of a record. I rather sign somebody off a of reputation first. Is there any rhyme or reason to why? Obviously, you tapping in. You said Atlanta. Is it Indiana? Yeah. Indiana, Texas, Florida. Seems like you tapping into a lot of different cities, which is dope. So it's like. Is it strictly off of, is that, that like a coincidence or is it like you just go off of like where where you feel the energy or are you purposely going outside of regions uh, versus just in LA? 
um, it's really just where, where I feel the energy, bro. Like, cause at the end of the day, like if I could sign every artist from LA, believe me, I would sign every artist from LA, enemies and all, give everybody a bag. Like, cause, you know, that's that's what Death Row did. Right. <laughs> like, so I believe in that. But it's like, at the end of the day, Brent as an AR, it's like challenging myself. Got it. And building like is like working with Dreezy was definitely a big challenge. You know, she was from Chicago. I'm from LA. Totally cultural difference for sure. Yeah. Signing Aaron Ray. Totally different. Like everything I did up to Aaron Ray was all rap. All street. I had to and Aaron, you know, is is fuck like a lot of shit people seen earlier with him on the little uh X Factor shit was like all false. Like they forced him to dress differently and act like he was this nice kid next door. And if you go where Aaron's from in Cincinnati, he from the hood. He ain't nowhere near the suburbs. Right. Like, so like getting to know an artist like that who's an R&B singer, but you know who really don't fuck with the industry anymore because they wanted to change him and make him be something he wasn't and trying to tell him, no, bro, you great the way you are. Yeah. Like Aaron Ray was totally different for me. Um signing Nietzsche from Atlanta was different for me. He a crip. I'm a blood. Like, you know, it was but he got respect in Atlanta. He got respect in his region. He, he like his name holds weight. Like you can go out there, be with him, and you can see he has that respect. And that's what I care about overall, is like how people respect you. Signing Cocash from Memphis, like he's different. A young fly nigga from Memphis. Um, Money back, yo, was different. Like every artist, I ne- I don't want to sign or work with any artists that are exactly the same. With every artist, I definitely want to challenge myself or do something, you know, yeah, out of the box. But yeah, I feel cool. like that, like Dr. Dre did so much in L.A. So much with L.A. But you know, after that, it's like he went and got Eminem. That's the Midwest. Then. Fuck it, let's go all the way to the East Coast and got 50 Cent, like, and it's like, like, bridging that gap because a lot of times, like, I'm from LA, so I quote unquote think I know what LA sounds like or should sound like. Now, another AR who's really tapped in, like, this was dope. We're working with Sycamore and we worked on My Crazy Life. He's from New York, he's not from LA, so he only understood what he saw or what he thought LA was based off of. So like having his understanding from a consumer point of view and his understanding from a visitor's point of view versus us being from LA and and mixing that, that's how you, we help get the best music. Right. Because you always want to stick to what you think you know or what you believe is safe. But it's like when you go out of your comfort zone, you have to challenge yourself and challenge artists and the music. Before we end, I want to ask you one more question about uh, the, we hear the term industry plant all the time, <laughs> right? Um, first of all, do you believe it? Disbelieve it? Is it a myth? Is it true? And if so, what's the sign of an industry plant that you know? To tell Listen, you? I mean, what the industry plant is again is not what you know is who you know, like you know, like like sometimes like yeah, it's real. Okay. Right. I, I ain't trying to shit on no artists because I don't believe in shitting on no artists. Like, I respect anybody out here getting their money and getting their bag and pursuing their dreams and doing something positive when they can be doing something totally different. Right. Nah. But, but you, 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 you hear the term all the time and a lot of people, yeah, I still am confused on yeah. what the fuck that is, but they're real. They're real. I mean, it's just like this like, an industry plant is like, for example, hey, How'd you get to where you at? In the mud, right? Work, work. Hell yeah. Now, you can go sign somebody right now with no followers. Ain't did nothing. Go create the music, tell them what to talk about, put them in with the producers, give them the features, connect them with your person at Apple, connect them with your person at Instagram, like, and make it look like a something that's a hybrid that's a that's a plant that's not it's no mud it's no like you know what i'm saying it's all it's all built like it and it, it's built to look like something but 
you know the difference between an artist and industry plan because listen, an industry plan does not sell tickets. Hard ticket sales. Boom. All right, say no more. Single artists do not sell tickets. You might catch them at a club, your favorite club. Don't be there. Catch them at that venue. Like, you know, like, when you see artists growth, like, it's like, when you see, like, bro, YG used to do shows with maybe 20 people to shows with 100 people to shows with 10,000 people, him headlining, his ticket, his bill. It's no planning that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but now when you see these people and they can't do that, but you only see them on Summer Jam or only see them at Coachella, but why ain't they never had no show in your city? Because how big they are, their venues cap won't match. And I I had to learn, I had to learn that like when I did Aaron Ray's first tour, like I'm like, shit, well, we just went on tour with her. Let's go in all these markets and let's do five. I'm trying to think about the money. And then like, no, like, and then they helped me understand it. Like, nah, matter of fact, I want to do small, intimate venues. Let me do a hundred seaters. If he sell out a hundred seaters in 40 states, that's something. Right. That means next time he go, he can sell out 500 in a minute. Yeah. You know, but you wait. Pay attention to ticket sales. Tickets don't. That's one thing that don't lie. That's one thing that don't lie. Ticket sales. I like that. Yeah. I like, I like how that. many followers you have? Men lie. The ticket sales don't lie. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yo, man, we we appreciate you taking your time, man, and and reaching out and have you know having this conversation, bro, is is definitely appreciated. Um, any any last things you want to tell the people out there that's something that we didn't miss or that do we, we didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, yeah, uh, go follow my artist, Tay Two Times. Um, he just dropped his first single, Black Sheep. It's on all platforms. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Push A Ride. Um, I have a lot of new music coming out this year. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, friend of a friend. I have this company called Friend of a Friend, actually. Um, I've been doing like these house parties, these underground parties, but I'm actually turned I turned it into a game. So I have a drinking card game coming out um at the end of March called Friend of a Friend. Hustler. I love that, bro. I love you know, it. man. Listen. Gotta find a way to make it. Hey, bro. Hey, every source, bro. It's like this is the thing, like this is the last thing I'm gonna say. When you get a platform. You gotta use that platform and build and go in as many different directions as possible based off that platform. Anything that's in the region or the area of that platform, you should be doing. If you don't take advantage of that, you're not taking advantage of yourself. So, so yeah. that being said, the year can't end without Push a Rod doing what? 2021 cannot end. Hmm. I'm gonna, I wanna, um, well, I'm actually executive producing a couple albums that come out this year. Um, 2021 cannot end without me scoring a movie. That's my next goal. I would love to, like, even if it's an independent film, okay. anybody out there, you want me to score your movie, like, that's what I'm trying to do next. And if people don't who don't know what I'm saying, a score isn't the soundtrack. I want to actually do the music in the movie. Right. And the sound in the movie. Wow. All right, bro. Push a ride, man. Thank you for taking the time, bro. Uh, shit, I think we, we got Thank it all. y'all for having me. Chuck Dizzle, DJ Head, Homegrown Radio. Push a ride. Appreciate you, big bro. Appreciate y'all. Blessings. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.